Welcome to the Next Talk Podcast. We are passionate about keeping kids safe in an overexposed world. It's Mandy and Kim, and we're navigating tech, culture, and faith with our kids. So the idea for the show on consent came from this article that I read that talked about consent for babies, which sounds crazy. I remember seeing the title and as I was reading it, I thought, what in the world? It never dawned on me the idea that children should give consent to their parents for taking photos or videos or documenting their childhood. Because when my first was born, I had like a flip phone. I did not like the idea of taking video or pictures and posting it on Facebook was totally new. I was kind of late to the game. And so it was just what everybody was doing. Like, oh my goodness, I get to share what's happening with my kid. You know, the first time they eat solid food or take their first steps. And it seemed really sweet and special. And it never dawned on me the idea of there will be a day when my kid grows up that all of their life is documented socially. And so this article was by a young woman who had an interview for a job right after college. And as she was sitting in the interview and they were telling her they would do a deep dive into her social media, she realized they were going to see her in her diapers, naked in the bathtub, you know, taking her first step, shaving her legs for the first time, all these things that her parents did not thinking beyond the moment. Just, I'm going to share this sweet, special moment with, with people in my, you know, friend list or community and nothing beyond that. And she was mortified. And she said, my parents never gave me the opportunity to consent to having my whole life documented on social media. And that completely changed my view of the word and the idea of consent. And so Mandy and I started talking about that. And that's where this show kind of began to materialize. Well, it's funny because, you know, one of the one of the things we always say here at Next Talk is don't broadcast your kids' business. And it's at some point you need to start asking your kids permission to post about them. And it's always been kind of a core principle here at Next Talk, right? But mm-hmm. when you texted me, Kim, and you just said, you didn't do that beautiful explanation of the article <laughs> when you texted me. <laughs> you like, consent, we got to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were like, we're doing it. We need to do a show on consent. And I was like, my mind went to, you know, I have teenagers. So my mind went to rape culture and boundaries and consent with like sexual rape, you know, all of that kind of stuff at parties that, you know, that's where my mind is going. And then as we talked about this show and what we wanted it to be and everything, we were like, we're saying the same thing. It's just, it's all about consent. It's all about boundaries. And we've already done a boundary show. We'll link it below. But, but in this one, we really kind of wanted to dive in this idea of consent and teaching consent to our kids at different ages. So I think the first step here is like, okay, how do we instill this in our kids when they're little? What are some just practical everyday things we can say to our kids about, let me teach you about consent? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a different way to view the word in, in the term of how that applies to young kids. And then as our kids get older. And so I'm going to, like Mandy said, I'm going to give you some ideas and, uh, you know, practical things that we've done in our household, even before this article that now I'm like, I'm so glad we did that. And then how that translates into kids as they get older and what you're seeing in your household. Some practical things that we've done are real basic. And when my kids were little, I noticed I have um, 
three kids and some of them are super, you know, friendly and talkative and more, um, emotive. And some of them are more standoffish and private. And so that led me to the idea that not every one of my kids wants to be hugged, even by family members or close friends, even though they might feel love or connected to that person, it makes them uncomfortable. So we initiated the hug or high five. Like when family members come over or friends or neighbors and they're leaving, when I was growing up, it was kind of like, okay, hug grandma or hug the neighbor or whatever. And you just did it because that's what your parents said to do. And I was like, that, I don't know that that makes sense. Like, I don't want my kid to feel like they have to do something physical with this other person if they're uncomfortable because that sets a precedent. So we would say, hug or high five, which was awkward at first with some of our family members. But as we explained, they understood. And I will tell you, a lot of times our kids took us up on the high five. They were like, I don't want to hug this person. Not that I don't like them. I just don't want to. And giving them that freedom to to choose was really, I feel like a very at a very young age, a lesson in consent. Like not everybody gets to touch your body, even in a benign way, just because that's what we do culturally. So that was a super practical thing we did at a young age for our kids. And like you mentioned before, Mandy, I didn't do this at first, obviously, as I mentioned. But as my kids got a little bit older in elementary school, I would say, hey, are you okay with me posting this picture to Facebook or to social media? And I was shocked at how often they were like, please, mommy, no. Because I was like, but it's so cute. Even if it's like a bragging post. Yeah. That's what I've noticed in my own home. Like, like she got straight A. She's amazing. She's the most wonderful kid. Here's a picture. Yes. And they're like, yes. absolutely not. No way. No way. Yes. <laughs> it's so like, funny. What? I'm telling the world how awesome you are. Yes. Or just like something little even. Like, oh, we we went to the pumpkin patch and here's a cute picture of our family. And my kids most of the time said, can that just be for us? And that really, um, that stuck with me. Before social media, most of the things in a family are for us to celebrate with us memories from moments of us. And my kids really like organically stuck with that. They were like, this is really about our family. We don't need to share it with everyone. And so I will say about 90% of the time, my kids were like, please don't post that. And as they've gotten older, it's like 99.9% of the time, they're like, please don't post that. Like, I, I don't really want that to be out there. And so that, again, is another layer of consent that I'm learning to respect with my kids. Yeah. I mean, these these are awesome things. I love the hug or high five. I think sometimes people do fist bumps now. Like that's the cooler yeah. option than the high yeah, five. That right? is cooler. That's yeah. <laughs> um, but I the other thing is, you know, look for everyday moments where you have an opportunity to teach consent. And one of the things that I flash back to, and I when I did this years ago, I didn't really think about it as teaching consent, but it's what I was doing. So um, you know, when my kids were little, you know, they run around naked, they take baths together, you know, when they're little, little, that's what they do. Like, absolutely. It's it's like throw everybody in the shower and get out bedtime and, you know, and I'm talking how to get it done. It's crazy, (laughs) right? It's crazy. So, um, I do remember though, early on, you know, I think my son was real young, one or two, he was young, but my daughter came to me and she said, I need Bubba to stop being naked around me. Like it's weird. (laughs) And in the moment, you know, it was so cute and it was harmless. Right. But they 
that was a moment where my kids were growing up saying, I'm noticing differences, respect my boundaries here. And I remember telling my husband, you know, we have to have a talk with Bubby. I know he's young, but he's got to understand, like he's got to have at least underwear on running through the house now. Like there's no more just streaking through the house. Like he was as a young, <laughs> as a young little boy. Right. And so, um, but that was a way of saying, I hear you and I respect you. Even though I wasn't even using those that terminology with my little kids, I was just saying, thank you so much for telling me. I will definitely talk to Bubba. Like, that's what I always want you to do if somebody's crossing a boundary. I'm so proud mm-hmm. of you for standing up for yourself and telling me that this makes you uncomfortable, right? And so these are the kind of conversations that we want to look for. I always... I get asked a lot, like, when is the time of young, young parents? When is the time when my kids can't see each other naked anymore? And I always say, well, I mean, it depends. It depends on the kid. Like if they are vocal about it early on, then stop. Like don't ever, you know, make that situation. Yeah, that is so good because I think a lot of times as parents, we brush off or dismiss those types of comments or requests because we're like, they're little, they don't know, it's not a big deal. But I see that as setting the stage for when they're older. We're saying, I see you, I hear you, I respect what you're saying, and I'm honoring it. And so when they're older, They are already used to that. They're like, mom will hear me when I request this or ask this, or when it's time for them to date or they're in a situation where they feel uncomfortable, they feel empowered to request or say what is needed or necessary, which I think is so important. That's what this is all about. Training our kids that consent begins at a young age and their voice matters, I think is truly important. A good example of this is I have two boys and a girl. With boys comes wrestling, a lot of like punching, a lot of like crazy activity. And they just kind of roped their sister into that too, even though she's, you know, the youngest of the three. And something I noticed early on was, and I have, I'm the culprit here. Like when my kids, when we'd be all playing around and I'd be tickling them or whatever, and they'd be laughing and cracking up and They'd be like, mom, stop, stop. And then I'd tickle a little bit more because it was funny and it seemed like that's what we were doing. I was a part of the problem because I wasn't thinking of it in terms of this is setting the stage for them at a later time in life to say no or stop when it's serious and them not being respected in that moment because I would keep going. And so years ago when they were little, I had that moment And I realized that I need to set the precedent for them that stop or no means right now, not after three times of asking, not when the person stops laughing, not when I feel it's appropriate, but as soon as they say no or stop. And so that's a rule in our home. Stop means stop right now or no means stop right now. And so with tickling, with games, with anything in our household, if one of our kids says stop, it's now. And that has really played out now that they're older, because that still happens. You know, the wrestling and the tickling, all this still happens when they get older. It's like a continual thing that we say, and they know like it's, it's done. And not only is that for their safety, 
But when hormones kick in and, you know, our kids start dating and there's those, you know, hormonal moments where they are engaged in something, I want them to respect the other person who might say, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this or please stop. They need to know we're not going any further. I respect you and I will stop now. So that's something, again, you can start at a very young age that will do service to them when they're older. It will help them to respect others and themselves. Well, and that's an everyday moment that you applied a core next top principle, which is look at the mirror, right? You weren't afraid, Kim, in that story to be humbled, to be like, oh my gosh, I'm the problem here. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Like, like I, I need to correct this. And then it's a conversation. Kids, we've been doing this all wrong. It's my fault. You know, we don't want to, I think, first of all, I mean, the most important thing here is you're teaching your kids when they say no to respect it, you know, that one, they can say no. And then you're teaching your other kids that they have to respect that. I think that is so good. But I think a ripple effect of that too is we're not overusing the word stop because Mm -hmm. that's another thing. I think sometimes in our culture, we get in this thing where we, we say stop, like, you know, the little phrases of like, oh, if a boy's picking on you, then he must like you. It's almost like it, the more they the more they jab at you and cross your boundaries, the more they must be in in, in love with you or, or really like you or whatever. That is backwards. That is wrong is. of what we need to be teaching. And that's a whole consent issue too on how we look at this. You know, love, beauty is is like being respected and being able to say, this is not okay for me. Like I'm not comfortable with this. And that other person, like honestly, like admiring you because you put up that boundary, you know, like that is what is special here. And I think important, but, but we get it backwards. We get it backwards. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, and just like you were in the tickle game, you know, they say, stop, I'm going to go more because, you know, it just makes it more competitive and fun. Yeah. It's funny. And these little everyday moments are confusing our kids. And that's what we need to recognize. We, we need to pray for God to give us wisdom and light bulb moments, just like he did you, Kim. And then us not being willing to look in the mirror and be like, okay, I totally got that wrong. That's not really what I want to be teaching here. And then be intentional with the conversations. I mean, that's the next talk way. That's the whole premise of our organization. And reminders, like you said, it's an everyday thing. Um, recently, I'm not just going to tell myself, I'm going to tell on myself. I did what's called a New York stop. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's where you kind of slow down at a stop sign and then speed up and go through it. Like you don't com- oh, come to a complete okay. stop. We we call that a rolling stop. You call it a New York stop. We, uh, I don't even know where that comes from, like, New York stop. <laughs> my, my, kid, my kids call it a rolling stop and they never called me on it until they were in driver's ed. And now I get mm-hmm. called out all the time. On this. Yes, girl. I'm I'm not looking forward to those days because my kids are very like legalistic and I will be like, mom, no. But I did that. I did a rolling New York stop in our neighborhood and I got pulled over by a police officer. And when he came to the window, he's like, ma'am, do you know I'm pulling you over? And I said, I really don't because I wasn't speeding. I did all the right things. And he's like, stop means stop. And it was great. It was a great like in the moment opportunity as we left and he gave me a warning and a reminder about safety to circle back with my kids now that are older and be like, hey, isn't that funny that even in something like that, it's a reminder that it's not a rolling stop. It's not I'm going to tickle a little bit more. I'm going to do whatever I'm doing a little bit more. Stop right now because that's the safe and right thing to do. And so we had this great conversation and reminders about them growing up and 
how that has been something we have instilled in our family. So use even those moments where you're embarrassed or you mess up to circle back to really foundational conversations with your kid. I love that so much. I love it. And I'm, I guess I'm thankful the officer gave your warning, but you could have got a ticket, Kim. Kim, you could have gotten a ticket because you did not stop. Oh, that my husband was like, girl. And I was like, I know, I know. And so, yeah, I'm glad I didn't get a ticket, but I'm a, I stopped now. Like but hard stop. See, now you, you've learned the lesson because you've been called yes. out on it. And that's what we mm-hmm. need to do with our kids. You don't have to be mean in calling them out, but during the next yes. tickle fest or wrestling match yes. or whatever, it's just a, such a, t- a moment. That, ticket. <laughs> yeah. Or a ticket. You can just stop and say, okay, we've been doing this all wrong. We need to set some clear boundaries here. This is important kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I really want to talk about on this show, Kim, I think these are all great practical things, everyday stuff that we can all use in our homes. One of the things that I want to talk about with consent is this. There's a lot of people out there teaching consent. I mean, you can Google it. You know, there's like yeah. 10 things and this is the and curriculum in school, whatever. I think the difference that I want to, how I want Next Talk to tackle consent is like a package. And what I mean by that is I feel like, you know, kids are vulnerable and you can get kids to do things that you want them to do. They are very vulnerable. They're impressionable. Um, you know, you can, we see this a lot with grooming. We've got a grooming show you can check out, but we see it a lot. Like the grooming stages, it's, you know, I said the F word in front of you, please don't tell your parents, oh my gosh, they would kill me. You know, if this is an adult speaking to your kid and then it's almost like kid keeps that secret from parents and then kid is manipulated into becoming like a willing participant somehow of the grooming process. And that's what groomers want our kids to think like you're, well, you said, yes, you consented. Like, like I said, please don't tell your parents and you didn't. So that was kind of consenting that we kept the secret. So then it moves into, you know, drinking alcohol together and like, you, you know, you consented. I told you that if you drink this alcohol and tell your parents, like I will get fired and you consented to that. So like, thank you. You know, like you were a part of it. That's how groomers manipulate our kids. So, and I I say this because consent is great, but can kids can be manipulated or groomed to consent? Yes. And it's bad. And so with Next Talk, yeah, a lot of people's teaching consent, but I think Next Talk families really need to be focused on teaching the package. And that is, yes, consent, all these things we were talking about today, but also grooming, manipulation, and culture, like just like what's right or wrong. It's not okay for any adult to ever ask you to keep a secret from your parents. Like it's just not online, in person, whatever, a red flag alert should go off in your brain. And so, um, and I think this is really important because what I'm afraid is going to happen and that we we see it, we see this in predator stories that, that, um, that we work at next talk is that kids think they're consenting like slowly and surely the relationship has been built, built and it felt right. It felt like it's okay to let this person see my private part because like I trusted them with this, this, and this, and that was okay. And that is a tactic And so we have to teach all of this if we're talking about like consent is not just a standalone conversation. It's this package with all the other conversations to keep our kids safe. You are so right. It is um, it is a gradual conversation that starts when they're young that 
teaches them the foundation of protecting themselves and then understanding it and knowing what consent is and what's right and what's wrong as they get older. So it's this huge package, like you're saying, that we have to teach our kids and show them that gradual change. And so, you know, one of the things that I had to wrestle with is, have I in some way groomed my kids to consent to things, which sounds crazy because no one, well, I shouldn't say no one, but most of us as parents don't think like, I'm going to groom my kid. No, that's not something on our radar. But grooming just means like setting them up for something. And so when I think about that as they're young, am I setting them up to be okay with pictures being taken of them or them being touched in a certain way or for something to continue after they've said no? So as parents, we get the opportunity to prepare them to not be groomed at a later life by setting up these foundations when they're young. And so I think it is a big conversation and it's not easy and it's thinking about things in a different way than I think we're used to. But man, is it powerful. It's really powerful. Well, and this is one of the key things, you know, we always say no, no phones in bedrooms or bathrooms, yes. you know, yes. until they're older. And I mean, like 17 and a half getting ready to leave. And then you mm-hmm. do need to kind of catch them doing something amazing and implement that because you want them to have know what it's like to have a phone in a bedroom before they leave your house. Right. But, right. but most kids like, like I've got a 16 year, no phones in bedrooms, right? Like, no. Um, but I think this is one of the key reasons behind that is because we are kind of blurring the lines between consent. I mean, in a bathroom, what do you do? You're undressing, you're going to the bathroom. It's all personal, private things. So when we set up a boundary, a guideline of we don't need our phone in the bathroom, we're teaching our kids like not to gradually blur the lines of consent about their body parts and their phone right? That's what we're trying to do. So we're, we're setting up the boundary and then we're having the conversations. Don't just set up the boundary and never talk about the why. Then your kids are just mm-hmm. going to think you're crazy legalistic, right? And you'll have all these crazy rules. So it's the guideline plus the why. And that's where we get into all these very deep conversations about consent and boundaries and and why it's important. And, and just like you're using everyday opportunity, Kim, you know, I got stopped at a stop sign. Let's talk about consent. Stop means stop, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. in pickling. You're bringing it all together for them so they see the picture. And remember too, you're not just doing this to protect them, but so they honor and respect others. Because hormones, all the things that come into play as our kids get older, they're going to struggle with consent, not just for themselves, but for others. And we want them to know and feel and remember why they understand consent and how they can honor that for someone else. That makes them a responsible, respectable citizen. And so this is a two-way street. And so it's a super important conversation, like you said, that's ongoing and that we're explaining it it to them in different layers and levels and reasoning because it will affect their life in many different ways. Absolutely. So we hope and pray. We prayed for before this show. We hope and pray every show helps you create more conversation in your home to keep your kids safe. That's our goal here at Next Talk. And so we hope this did and use everyday moments and teach your kids consent. This podcast is ad-free because of all the people who donate to our nonprofit. 
Make a donation today at nexttalk.org. This podcast is not intended to replace the advice of a trained healthcare or legal professional or to diagnose, treat, or otherwise render expert advice regarding any type of medical, psychological, or legal problem. Listeners are advised to consult a qualified expert for treatment.